0: Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. It's called Cold Buckets. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. Cold bucket, Georgia.
1: Hi everyone and welcome back to the universe's greatest podcast, the universe's favourite podcast, uh, Culture Bucket, the podcast where our two good great best friends talk all things popular culture uh, and, and uh, have fun discussions etc like that. We're, you're joining us today for a very 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 special episode, we are on episode number 120. Woohoo. We've been waiting for it for a long time and it's finally <laughs> here. Um, I can't believe we made it, it's incredible. Uh, I'm wow. your host, George, and the voice you can hear is, is your other host, Alex. Hi, Alex.
0: Hi, George. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hello. It's been a long time since we've been recorded. We have recorded.
1: It It is, yeah, because it's been a whole summer and everyone yes. has been hopefully thoroughly enjoying the um, Black Mirror mini-season.
0: Yes. Well I... Didn't uh, that I did not enjoy very much,
1: yeah? We're just it was mostly a season of you uh, explaining that why you didn't like each episode, but uh, hopefully <laughs> it kept people ticking over uh, oh, until the return. Uh, it's all right, it's fine to be wrong, it's not a problem.
0: Um, <laughs> what so it's fine to be wrong, yeah? Jeez. Uh, that's not nice, is it? Well,
1: well, well. No, I was arr, arr, arr. pooing all over my big summer idea for five episodes, but that happened. What?
0: Well, no, it was a great idea, George. <laughs> I just didn't like the series. Like, I don't have to like everything. I'm not pooing on it. Mm. Um, No, I think it was great. We had, like, some different ideas and different opinions on a series that I did not enjoy. Mm. And you enjoyed. But you didn't enjoy all the episodes. Like, you were, like, kind of mm, not... You, you didn't enjoy the series as much as you thought you would.
1: I didn't enjoy the the fourth episode,
0: which is Maisie Day. Maisie Day, mm. but you didn't really like the third episode either, which
1: oh the space one. Yeah, bit bit too long. It
0: was alright. Bit right. too spacey.
1: Bit too spacey. Anyway, with everyone's we've we've done this move. Let's move on. Um. So. <laughs> Please could everyone rate our podcast, go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, any way you can, and give us a rating, give us a review. Uh, we'd love to read some reviews out, if any come our way, we'll happily do that, uh, and it would be great to uh, to get the word out about our podcast a little bit more to your friends and, and relatives, maybe your your aunt or your niece might like it, who knows. Uh, give, give it a try, get them listening, and um, Yeah. That would be awesome. And also, if you'd like to support us in any further ways, you are able to buy us a coffee um, to assist us in our um, endeavours, paying for hosting, etc., cetera, and, and drinking coffee. And uh, in order to do that, and in order to, to message us and contact us and speak to us, if you'd also like to do that, uh, you can find a link to our link tree in the show notes for this in every episode. Uh, and uh, please do come and join us and make contact and speak to us and stuff. It would be great. Um, so, yeah. So, as I said... It's a special episode. It's episode yes. one hundred and twenty, um, and we've got a bumper-packed summer catch-up edition of Culture Catch Up to do, along with our usual MyTube and a brand new special feature that I'm deciding is called Quizzing It Old School, and that is <laughs>
0: quizzing, it old- quizzing
1: It Old School, and School okay. is spelled with a K. Oh wow! And there's no G on Quizzing. It's an apostrophe.
0: Oh, quizzing, quizzing It Old School.
1: Wow. Yeah, man. That's coming up at the end of the episode, so do stay tuned for the most original idea mm. of all time. Um, but first, let me adjust my chair and um, yes. get into... Uh, oh, no, that was that was bad. It's worse. That's better. Um, culture Catch-Up. Yes. Yes. This is
0: Culture Catch-Up Time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably
1: some other stuff. It's, it's been, I think the last time we recorded was early July, yeah. mid-July. We are now at the beginning of September, so it's been an entire summer of yes. stuff. Uh, the...
0: Where we have actually spent two weeks together. Yeah,
1: we spent time together. It was incredible. Yeah.
0: It was amazing. Mm, and we so watched nice. things together, finally. We went to the cinema together.
1: We did, to watch Barbie. Yes. yes. Yeah, man. Uh, we so can talk good. about Barbie more in a bit, because I, mm. I gave my feelings on Barbie Yes. five episodes ago. Six episodes ago. <laughs> but now, now it will be time for your feelings on Barbie. Mm-hmm. But first, I'm going to talk about Talk To Me. 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 And to to get you in the mood of what Talk to Me is, I am going to show you the poster and then I'd like you to tell me what you think this movie is.
0: Talk to me. It looks like a horror film Mm. because there's a hand.
1: A hand. A
0: dirty hand coming (laughs) in (laughs) through the darkness.
1: A dirty old hand. (laughs) Yeah. Well, give me a give me a guess based on that image of a hand in the darkness. What do you think the plot of this uh, this film might be?
0: Okay, it must be uh ah something to do with people have passed away to another life and the people that are still in this life want to talk to them. That is talking to dead people.
1: That is a very accurate <laughs>
0: is it yeah 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 well done. Uh, 10 points
1: 10 points to you this is a, a horror movie new this year from two um, filmmakers making their debut feature film uh, Danny Philippou and Michael Philippou. Um Australian uh, filmmakers is an Australian movie uh, they are more famously known as a YouTube <laughs> pair of YouTube creators
0: sorry that um, name Philippu. Philippou
1: well I don't, I don't know what they're no, I'm sure it's fine. Anyway, their 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 YouTube video, their YouTube channel is called Raka Raka.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'll talk more about them in a minute, but they've made this movie. Uh, talk okay. to me, and um, it follows uh, a group of Australian teens who behave um, very realistically to for Australian teens or teens in general. I think like this. The, one of the good things about this movie is uh the characters feel very real they don't feel like teens in a in a traditional hollywood horror movie mm. where they're all played by 30-year-old uh <laughs> men and women yeah. and they all behave in a way that just teenagers don't behave like these teenagers are uh just grubs <laughs> just absolute grubs uh grubbing around they're still played by people who are vastly too old to play teenagers but they they feel grubby and and realistic um We mainly follow Mia, played by Sophie Wilde, who puts in an an insanely good performance in this movie, as a young girl who's recently lost her mother and now mainly spends her time with a found family, um, headed up by uh, Sue, played by Miranda Otto, who's by far the most famous uh, person in this movie. She was in the Lord of the Rings movies way back when playing... Mm. I want to say Eowyn. Am I correct? Did she play Eowyn? Yes, she played Eowyn. Um... And, uh, yeah, so one day Mia goes to a party with her friends mm. and at the party these people have this, like, ceramic hand which supposedly has the real hand of a psychic in encased ah, inside did it. you
0: show me the trailer? I might have shown
1: you a trailer for this, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. A long time
1: ago. And uh, mm. the idea is if you grip the hand and you say, talk to me, uh, you see a... um. It's funny, in the UK there's a show called uh, Phone Jacker where a guy would talk do like, like um, prank phone calls and one yeah. of his characters would go, talk to me. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: But they wouldn't have known, I okay. assume. Anyway, if you say talk to me, uh, you see a ghost and it talks to you and if you are connected to it for more than 90 seconds, uh, bad things happen is the idea and obviously somebody ends up connected to it for more than 90 seconds, bad things happen. We end up in a sort of possession exorcist style story at points. And it kind of, it, it you know, it's a horror movie and that's the setup. And I don't want to talk too much more about the plot, but I thought this movie was amazing. I saw it in a preview screening um, and um, was just sort of stunned by how good it was. It Like it's an immediate horror classic because it is really, really gnarly and, grim and you know when bad things happen to people in this movie you know it makes you feel that bad thing like they get you to care about the characters and then when bad mm. things happen to those characters you really kind of see and feel their pain and what they're going through and it makes all the horror that much more effective Um, and it also feels like a really fun ride quite a lot of the time it's got a great sort of um pull the rug out from underneath you uh, final act and yeah I'd recommend you go and watch it and it's it's become a big uh, horror hit of the year, loads of directors. like Peter Jackson's come out and said how much he likes it, and a bunch of oh. other really famous directors have come out and given it a lot of praise, and it's wonderful. The only down- downside is these directors, Danny and Michael Philippou, um they, they are they a pair of YouTubers, and they fully are YouTubers. I looked up some of their YouTube stuff after watching the movie. First of all, because I saw a preview screening, uh, it opened with like an introduction by them, and... Mm immediately their energy was was bizarre and i had no idea they were youtubers but they felt very odd they made a mistake in the intro but they like made a joke of it insisted on keeping it in and you could hear a voice behind the camera being like we'd really like to film that again and he's just like nope that's it you're gonna have to play that um yeah and it was like this is odd for a horror movie for a tone to go into it but it whatever um but then afterwards yeah they um they uh yeah, they're, they're kind of like the Australian equivalent of like Jake and Logan Paul, almost, in a way. They make mm. really absurd YouTube videos that are, are very much not for me. Um, even to the point where the other week, um, Jake or Logan Paul, I can never remember which one it is, uh, made some headlines for discussing on a podcast of his that he had walked out of Oppenheimer because it was too talky. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I clicked through to the clip of him saying it, and it's him talking to those two uh, on his podcast. Oh, so wow. they're all yeah they're 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 good mates, which is um, I don't know you have to you have to decide if you can separate the art from the artist at a certain point. Um, but yeah, the movie is brilliant. Talk to me is fantastic. They've already announced a sequel. Obviously, it's called Talk to Me. Uh, oh wow! And very clever, and they're returning to direct it. And for everything I think of their YouTube content, um, they are. Uh, Pretty pretty fantastic filmmakers, it would appear. So um, I'm excited mm. to see more from them. So well done. Well done.
0: Well done. Well good work. Is it
1: scary? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. Okay. It's genuinely no, unsettling. Thank you very
0: much.
1: Yeah, you probably won't watch it, but uh, I did I did really enjoy it. Um so yeah, that was good. Uh up next uh is a film that we've watched the trailer for together a couple of times. Uh and a couple. Yeah, cuz a couple of trailers came out for it. So and we ended up watching uh. like multiple trailers because we were pretty pretty excited about the the potential for this movie to be uh really really good. And um mm. let me tell you. It was really really good. Oh. Yeah, we I enjoyed it a lot. Uh and the movie is I want to do this poster thing, but I can't find good posters that are high enough resolution. Here we go. Boom. Boom. This is the movie we're going to talk about now. Uh, da, da, <laughs> the da.
0: suspense is killing me, George. Da. Boom. Ah. So the Teenage Mutant Mutant The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tur- That's a like a mouthful to say. Teenage
1: Mutant Ninja Turtles mutant mayhem
0: in, in Italian they're just le tartarughe ninja
1: the, the ninja turtles
0: yeah or
1: the turtle ninjas
0: uh well it's pretty ninja
1: it's pretty essential to their um characters that they're teenagers mm. and that they're mutants because they're not just normal turtles are they
0: yeah but so I think there's some essential kind of information in Italy don't you know
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. don't matter um this movie is the latest iteration of the turtles who have had many, many, many iterations over the years. People, my age will best know them for the 1980s animated series that they were in. That I loved when I was yep. a kid, but in the nineties, you had the live action ones with the absolutely horrifying, uh, animatronic puppet men. Um, there was a, there was another animated movie about a decade ago, probably 15 years ago now, over a decade ago, probably. Uh, and there's been various other animated versions for that have come and gone, uh, in the years since. Um, this movie kind of set itself apart by being setting its stall out as being one where you were really going to feel like they were teenagers. Mm. Uh And in that, in that respect, it absolutely succeeds. They've cast, I think genuine teenagers as the turtles and they sound and act and behave and move and spit and everything about them screams that they are teenagers. They are still finding their way in life, which is a, a really good um element of the film. I think. Um, They are Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo and Raphael. They live in the sewers with their um, guardian, a human rat man called Splinter, uh, Mm. voiced in this movie by Jackie Chan. And in this movie, they they discover that there are other mutants. I won't spoil how and why and all that happens because it's revealed by the movie, but there are other mutants led by Superfly, voiced by Ice-T or Ice Cube. (laughs) One of the Ices. Hang on. Hang the heck on.
0: I am not going anywhere. Two
1: voices Lummin Superfly in that movie in this movie. Da 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 It is, of course Ice Cube. Um but the the sound the 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 voice cast of this movie is crazily stacked. Uh, the actors that play the core four Teenage Turtles aren't very well-known because they are like genuinely very young actors, mm. but they put in a really good performance. But supporting them, you have people like Ayo Adabiri from The Bear, which nice. we, we love Ayo Adibiri. Uh She voices April O'Neil, um, who turtle fans will know is uh, a reporter that befriends the turtles and sort of is their link to the human world but you've also got people like Maya Rudolph is in there Seth Rogen's in there John Cena's in there Rose Byrne Natasha Demetriou, Giancarlo Esposito uh, Paul Rudd Hannibal Buress, Post Malone turns up in it uh, wow. yeah there is a lot of people in this movie it's pretty stacked with characters some of them only get like Rose Byrne's in there but she only gets like f- three or four lines of dialogue but you know she's fine um I enjoyed it. It's a fun turtles adventure. The animation mm-hmm. the animation is amazing. Uh it looks really um not hand drawn in the way that say the Spider-Verse movies mm. feel kind of like their own comic book style. This movie feels almost like it's ha- like it's been animated in crayon and you can see all the smudges and all the kind of wrinkles of the of the imperfections in it. It's really really awesome the way it's it's made I, I love the the look of it uh the action looks really good the animation's great the voice acting is great the only thing that let it down oh the music's great trent resner and aticus mm. rosted the soundtrack really good and also lots of lots of use of really good licensed songs um the only downside for me was that the script uh kind of stayed on the kiddie side a little bit it kind of the target audience for this movie is a little bit younger than mm. I, I don't know. I'd have, I, The Spider-Verse movies are aimed at, say, like a young adult teenage audience. This movie feels much more aimed at like a very young audience uh, and it doesn't quite have as much kind of nuance to it as a result. But, you know, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's fine. It's a really fun time. I liked it. Let's move on. Uh, I also <laughs> watched, uh, I'm not going to show you the, the poster for this one, but I went to see the new DC superhero movie, Blue Beetle.
0: Oh, mm. I didn't know it was out.
1: It's out. I saw it. And then I went to see uh, Gran <laughs> was Turismo.
0: It, was it bad? It
1: was nothing. It's, it's not worth talking about. It, I can barely oh. remember it exists. It's not bad. Oh. It's not good. I'm going to move on. But Blue Beetle's okay. out. If you want to see it, go now. Because <laughs> I don't think it'll be on the <laughs> Um Gran Turismo. What's Gran Turismo, Alex?
0: Uh, well, it must be something to do with cars, I guess. Yes, and... And uh, racing. And? And men. And? Uh, Women in bikinis. And? Uh, Italy? No. Oh, I don't know. Video games. (laughs) Video games.
1: Because Gran Turismo is a video game.
0: Is it? Yes. Wow. It's a very famous one. Is it? Yeah,
1: Gran Turismo is is Sony's flagship racing simulation for the uh, PlayStation series. In fact, a lot of people would tell you off for calling it a video game. It is a simulation. It aims to be as close as possible to the experience of driving a real car uh, on a racetrack. and, you know, this bit the first one came out on the original PlayStation and the most recent one has come out on, I think, PlayStation 5. Uh, it's, it's kind of been there throughout the life of the PlayStation. Sony are moving more and more into producing film and television, as evidenced earlier this year by uh, The Last of Us series, as evidenced by uh, the Uncharted movie last year and now as evidenced by Gran Turismo. Nice. However, this one is different because it's not an adaptation of the game because the game is merely simulating racing cars.
0: Mm-hmm. It is
1: an, ad- an adaptation of the story of a fan of the game, which I think oh. is interesting. There is this guy. There is this guy. And his name is... <laughs> his name is Jan, Jan Mardenborough. Okay. Uh, and he is... A real-life, expert Gran Turismo player. He grew up spending his life um, playing Gran Turismo and dreaming of being a race car driver. And as luck would have it, Nissan created a Gran Turismo Academy wherein expert players of the video game could go and be trained to drive real racing cars. And if they won... The Gran Turismo Academy, they would earn a place on the Nissan team to race motorsports for real in real cars. What? Yes.
0: That is.
1: This is a real thing that happened. Now, the way oh the God. movie presents it is that they did it for the first ever time and they immediately found this Jan Mardenberg guy and um, he became really successful. In reality, it was like the third or fourth edition, uh, mm. year that they were doing it that they found this guy who ended up being really good. But So the movie takes liberties, but it's fine. Jan... <sighs> In real life, Jan Mardenberg did get into GT Academy and he won it. And now he is a reasonably successful um, racing driver in real life. And it's quite a, an interesting story with a lot of twists and turns. Mm. They've taken it and adapted it into a movie. They've smoothed it out a bit and kind of left off the any of the awkward, um, you know, they've, they've combined characters together. They've turned it into a film. And, I you know, from, if that is a problem for you, then that's okay. But for me, it was all right. I went with it. It's been directed by Neil Blomkamp, who you might know for making District 9, you might know him for making Chappie, you might know him for making um Elysium. Um he normally makes sci-fi movies, but he's hmm. ventured into this kind of um video game adaptation, sports drama field. And uh the trailers for it looked pretty ridiculous. The whole idea of hmm. it as being like An adaptation of a video game that's a story about someone playing the video game kind of wasn't that inspiring. But I went to see it because after Blue Beetle, I figured, oh, I need to watch something. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I feel like I've just spent two hours watching nothing. And um, maybe it was because of those lowered expectations. Also, and I'm not even going to, I wasn't even going to talk about it, but I went to see Meg 2, The Trench. uh, Directed by one of my favourite filmmakers, Ben Wheatley. Also nothing. Also, no, not even nothing, actually. That That's a bad film. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I didn't like Meg To The Trench. So mm. I did a triple, believe it all, Meg To The Trench, Gran Turismo. And my expectations by the time I got into Gran Turismo were in the, in the, in the toilet because I'd spent <laughs> two hours doing nothing, two hours being disappointed by one of my favourite filmmakers. But it's fine. He got paid and he'll go off and do another really cool little folk mm. horror movie or something. And, you know, Ben Wheatley can do whatever he wants. Um, but then I was like, right, Gran Turismo, the one I was least interested in seeing. Let's see how this goes. It was spectacular. I really liked it. Um good. I was engrossed from the beginning to the end. The actor that plays Jan Mardenborough is really good. His name is Archie Madeque, and you will know him as one of the guests in Midsummer, one of the British the British man of the couple that kind of freak out a bit when everything's going wrong. Okay. Uh, and he, yeah. he ends up it doesn't go well for him in that movie. But um no. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's really good in this. And um, backing him up, you've got um, Orlando Bloom playing
0: Wonderful.
1: playing uh, like- Danny Moore, the marketing executive at Nissan, who started the, the Gran Turismo Academy. Orlando Bloom is great in this movie. He's entered his kind of middle-aged era of his career now. He's looking a little bit older. He's got long, straggly hair in this movie. And he's brilliant. He puts in a really fun performance. But then then as jack salter who's a combined character wasn't isn't a real man but is basically the guy who mentors and trains up uh Yan. um david harbour uh and yes. he is just playing sheriff hopper in this movie as kind right. of a grumpy um a grumpy sad old man who uh whose best days are behind him but sees potential in this young man and um Forms a bond with him and uh, is really, really good in the film. I I love watching David Harbour in just about anything. And yeah, good film. Uh, Jerry Mm. Halliwell plays his mum as well, just to put that out there, from the Spice Girls. Is she good in it? Yeah, she's all right. She's married to someone big in F1, Christine Horner, I think.
0: What? Ah, that Oh, okay.
1: So I think that's why she's in it, maybe. I don't know. But she's fine in it. Uh, It's weird. I saw a review that referred to her as a cameo, and it's not a cameo. Mm. She's in it for the whole movie, and she's acting in it. Okay. But she's fine. It's just odd. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd recommend people go and see the Gran Turismo movie. I think it's it. It cost, according to Wikipedia, it cost sixty million dollars to make, and it is currently made sixty point seven million dollars. So it's oh, not cool. like a. It's not absolutely destroying the box office in the way that Barbie did or anything, but um, I think it's doing okay, and uh, I think people should check it out. I really, I had a good time of it. Mm. Uh, up next, I went to see a film uh, called Theatre Camp. Do you know much about Theatre Camp, Alex? Not at all. Well, this movie, I think, is one that you'll want to see. Uh, well,
0: is it is it set in the summer? Is it a coming-of-age movie? Is it set in high school?
1: It's set in the summer. It's set at a theatre camp, so not in a high mm-hmm. school. Uh, is it a coming-of-age movie? Mm, kind of. It follows. Okay. It follows a group of people that run a theatre camp. Um, you know, a camp for children uh over the summer to learn drama and music and all of those things. Uh, the camp is run by, um, Joan Rabinsky, played by Amy Sedaris, who in the opening shots of the film suffers a um like an epileptic fit inspired. She ends up in a coma due to mm. uh, a theater-related mishap with a strobe light that makes her have a um a a problem. And um, as a result, her son, um, Troy, uh, takes over the camp for the summer. Her son, Troy, is played by Jimmy Tatro, who I have seen before in uh, American Vandal, one of my favourite comedy series on Netflix. Um, He's a real-life YouTuber, um, but I don't know much about that side of him. Uh, But he's very, very good at playing kind of bro, American bro- idiots uh and Mm -hmm. he does in this he he's more interested in he's more interested in being an influencer and growing his own personal brand than he is in um running a theater camp so immediately the staff of the camp are quite nervous uh the staff of the camp mainly was mainly represented through the head of drama and head of music the head of drama is amos played by ben platt who i last saw in uh, Dear Evan Hansen, playing Evan Hansen, uh, that musical ah, form, yes. That was not very good. Uh, he's much better here.
0: Um,
1: mm. And then uh, the head of music at the camp, Rebecca Diane, played by Molly Gordon, incidentally one of the co-directors of the movie along with Nick Lieberman um, and one of the co-writers of the movie. Uh, Molly Gordon plays Rebecca Diane and Molly Gordon, you will know, as playing Claire in the second season of The Bear. Yes. And yes. in Booksmart as someone.
0: Definitely, yeah. yes. Um, I love her. I love her. She's
1: great and she's very good in this movie. Um, mm. It's kind of nominally set up as like a, doc, a mockumentary. Uh, it has a couple of on-screen um, subtitles that explain that it's a documentary and that you know they were going to make it about Amy Sedaris's character who's passed out but they decided to keep on filming. And the, the whole film has kind of a film grain effect to it and feels very low budget, but it kind of also forgets that it's meant to be a mockumentary and just is a... a film after a while but that's fine um it's incredibly funny Jimmy Trattaro is very very funny um, Molly Gordon's very funny Ben Platt's very funny the rest of the cast are great Ayoa Dabiri is in it it's quite a small role but is funny every time she's on screen uh all of the young people that play the children at the camp are really good and commit and are funny and interesting uh it's got really funny songs in it and the the it, it is brilliant it's absolutely mm. brilliant I've seen it twice. Um, in the cinema, and I I loved it. So I really strongly recommend that people go and watch Theater Camp. It could easily pass you by, but it has had in the UK a relatively wide release. It's been in Cineworld mm. and stuff, um, and I'm sure it'll hit streaming soon enough. And it's one that uh, if you're a fan of nice, sweethearted, gently funny movies, um, watch Theater Camp. You'll you'll enjoy it um let's see up next a couple more films to go go through i went to see a movie called cobweb Mm. it's a horror film it's not a masterpiece like talk to me but it's pretty fun and it kind of it follows a young boy who um is bullied at school a little bit isolated and um His parents are a little bit odd. His parents played by Lizzie Kaplan, uh, who people know from... uh, Well, she was in Mean Girls back in the day. She was in... uh, Oh, God, what's that comedy that she's in called Party Down, which is a really good comedy. Um, She's good. And Anthony Starr, who people will know as uh, Homelander from The Boys, plays his dad. And uh, the young boy is called Peter. And Peter... What I like about the movie is you immediately get a very odd vibe from his parents and you can tell something about his home life is not quite right. Um, it's kind of like, you know, in a, you know, in like some horror movies, the kid will look across the street and there'll be a creepy house across the street and it will, it will yeah. freak them out. In this movie, the kid lives in the creepy house. It's not across the street. Oh. It's where he lives. And um, nice. it kind of has this odd tension straight away. Uh, and then there are these scenes where he's in bed at night and he starts to hear voices um and the movie kind of takes its time uh revealing how and why all of this all of that is happening and exactly what the deal is with his parents and stuff and i won't spoil any of it here but it has a, it has an interesting plot it, it has a few twists and turns throughout that kind of keep it entertaining keep it interesting it has a pretty mad ending that's pretty enjoyable and uh it's not a masterpiece you don't need to see it in the cinema but uh i'd recommend going and checking out cobweb um but probably not you, Alex. I think you'd find it a bit scary.
0: Okay. Yeah. Definitely not me. No.
1: Um, other than that, uh, I just wanted to really quickly shout out. So, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time passed away over the summer, sadly. Um, William Friedkin, director mm. of The Exorcist, director <laughs> of Sorcerer, a movie I, mm. I really love, director of Killer Joe, a fantastic uh, Matthew McConaughey. Is it Matthew or Ma- Matthew McConaughey film? Um, it's not Michael McConaughey, is it? It's Matthew McConaughey.
0: It's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've
1: gone insane. Um,
0: yeah,
1: you have. <laughs> Killer Joe is really good. Uh, director of what else did he make? Uh, cruising, which I haven't seen. A few other movies, anyway. Oh, The French Connection. I the guy guy was amazing. Um, one of his most kind of highly rated movies is one that I'd never seen. It's quite hard to see. It doesn't really tend to stream anywhere. It's called To Live and Die in LA and Mm. it follows um, a police uh, detective played by William Peterson, who people might know as being um, like the main character in the CSI series for 15 years or something. Um, But this movie was made in the 80s, long before that. He plays a police detective whose uh, partner is murdered by a money counterfeiter played by Willem Dafoe who's great uh, and then sort of he becomes obsessed with taking down this counterfeiter played by Willem Dafoe and will do it um, whatever it takes whatever the cost is determined to do it the movie is about two hours long it's fairly slow paced you can mm-hmm. feel a bit bored in the first hour but if you stick with it it's got one of the best car chase sequences ever filmed uh, towards the end and the final act is absolutely wild and, and is worth getting to um, I really really enjoyed it I thought William Peterson was really good I don't really know him uh, Willem Dafoe in an early role quite young in this movie uh, is really sinister and unsettling and upsetting uh, the soundtrack was is done by this band called Wang Chung they were like a new wave band mm. uh, from the 80s uh, their name means Yellow Bell in Chinese um, okay. they are they the, the soundtrack is great uh, really kind of like synthy and exactly what you want from an 80s movie um and it takes some really unexpected turns and is really kind of cool entertaining they hired a genuine retired money counterfeiter to help film the scenes where Willem defoe is counterfeiting money and the the guy actually made counterfeit bills and then after the film finished they had like about a million dollars in counterfeit notes and they were meant to destroy all of them, but some of them didn't get destroyed. And William Friedkin admitted years later that he started to just spend some of them. They were so well what? counterfeited yeah, that he that he got away with it. And the FBI used to ring him up and try and get him to come in for interviews about it. And he'd, he'd ask them if they have a warrant and they'd say no. And he'd be like, well, no, go away. He was a real kind of unique individual, William Friedkin. Um, and the world is slightly less bright without him. But he left behind a big legacy, especially in The Exorcist. Nice. I mean, good Lord, mm. The Exorcist is... Yeah, anyway, uh, finally, uh, a couple of TV series to recommend. Uh, on Apple TV, I watched the series Silo, Um. Absolutely amazing. The only the only kind of drama on Apple I've seen that's better than Silo is um, Severance, which I talked about a few more yeah. ages ago. Uh, Silo follows a group of people, a society of about ten thousand people sometime in the future who live in a huge silo bunker type thing underground on earth they're not allowed to go out because the earth is a desolate wasteland due to events that happened hundreds of years before the series is set they do not know why they are underground and they do not know why they can't leave they only know that anyone who does go outside dies so they have to stay inside and this society has formed within within the silo as a result. Uh, the film, sorry, the series mainly follows a character called Juliet Nichols played by Rebecca Ferguson, who uh, fans of the Mission Impossible series will know as uh, Ilsa Faust in that series. Um, Rebecca Ferguson is a, a wonderful actress. I've enjoyed her in just about everything I've ever seen her in and seeing getting to see her take the reins of a whole TV series was, was a joy. She's really good in this um, as a woman who starts as a mechanic and then ends up in a slightly different job uh, as a result of the plot of the show. Uh, And is kind of pulling at the threads of various conspiracies that might reveal huge secrets that the uh, people that run the silo do not want people to know. And uh, it ends up being this kind of really taut, paranoid conspiracy thriller set in this quite confined location of this silo. Uh, And it has some really good twists, some really good, uh, you know, moments and... um, Yeah, it's good and backed up, Rebecca Ferguson is backed up by a really good cast of like Rashida Mm. Rashida Jones is in it a little bit, Um, David Oyelowo is is really good in it, Uh, Common is in it quite a bit, he's really good in there, Tim Robbins is great in this. Yeah, uh, good cast, good plot, really high production value because it's on Apple, Uh, I'd really highly recommend people check out Silo, I think it's slightly... Didn't get the kind of recognition it, it and and notice it deserved when it came out earlier in the summer. So um yeah, go back and watch it. And then the only thing other thing to mention is that Alex made me watch The Summer I Turned Pretty.
0: I didn't make you watch. You made it. me
1: watch The Summer I Turned Pretty. I was
0: no uh, and that, it is, was, that is a lie. It's
1: it's just
0: That is a lie n-
1: bad nonsense and now she's forcing me to do a special episode on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is that is insane I, I did you said, no, no, I don't accept this, George. You watched it voluntarily. It's like, are you sure? And when we were watching it here when you came uh, to Italy during the summer, I was like, every time I was like, are you sure you want to watch another episode? Like, I was really kind of like, I don't yeah, you were, force you you to were watch so
1: it. insecure about the fact that I wanted to carry on watching it. No, I watched The Summer I Turned Pretty. It's a show on Amazon Prime based on a book by Jenny Han and show run by Jenny Han. Yes. Uh, previously of To All The Boys I've Loved Before. And yeah. um, is it called Exo? The,
0: the... Exo Kitty, yes. Exo
1: Kitty. The So Alex has talked about some of her stuff in the past. And I think Alex has talked about... Have you talked about The Summer I Turned Pretty? You have talked about The Summer I Turned Pretty before.
0: I have turned... Uh, I, I was trying to like play it down how much I liked it. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: um,
0: so I have talked about it before. but y- oh, yeah. Yes, you have.
1: And... Yeah. Um, it follows the adventures of uh Belly.
0: <laughs> Belly. Played by
1: Lola Tung. Yeah, Lola, Lola Tung. Tung. Yeah.
0: Um
1: as she goes to in the first season as she returns to Cousins, uh, a mm. kind of seaside resort town in I think kind of the northeast.
0: Somewhere. Oh, somewhere in America. Yeah. yeah like Ro- America. Rhode Island
1: kind of area, I think.
0: Yeah. Um
1: she spends every summer in this roadhouse with her mum and her brother and her mum's best friend and her mum's best friends two. <laughs> Sons, uh, Conrad and Jeremiah, mm-hmm. and this summer, she's turned pretty.
0: She has turned pretty. So,
1: will her lifelong crush on Conrad be mm. uh, fulfilled? Yeah, as she has turned pretty, and in the second season, it's just constant misery. Uh, but it's <laughs> fine. Um,
0: it's not constant misery. No, there are some good moments.
1: Uh, I've, so there's two seasons. They've confirmed a third season is coming. um it's a classic love triangle story basically and it it is it's well made it has Mm. high production value it's got incredible songs on the soundtrack including a lot of taylor swift songs a lot um and it's it's enjoyable and fun to watch and we will be doing a special on it and i do want to do a special on it so if you're interested in good teen teen romance drama yeah yeah that is made again a bit like talk to me. they feel it feels quite real. The characters are swearing, mm. they're doing drugs at various points' oh, Don't
0: doing drugs.
1: approve of that very much um, but they, it feels it feels a little bit more real and a bit grubbier than your standard kind of teen drama, I think um I think so although too, it does yeah. it does also indulge in some of the cliches of that drama, but that's fine they're cliches for a reason
0: yeah. um
1: and yeah, in uh, we will be doing uh, in an upcoming episode let's see next week's going to be the bear and then so in about three episodes time we yeah. will be discussing the summer i pretty in more depth so uh, if you would like to uh, do some homework please do watch it we'll talk about more then uh, mm-hmm. and finally 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 very quickly um i spent uh, a lot of time while i was in italy with alex i was playing a video game um, on my Nintendo Switch, oh,
0: yeah.
1: called the Messenger, uh, made by a French game developer called Sabotage Studio. Uh, the Messenger came out I don't know four years ago or so now, and is a retro-inspired, two D side-scrolling game inspired by games like Shinobi and uh, Ninja Gaiden. Uh, that came out uh when I was a kid. Uh, I really enjoyed it, really loved it. But the reason I had played it is because their new game, was coming out at the end of the summer. Uh, and I was interested in playing that, and their new game is a prequel to the Messenger. So any any games out there, if you haven't played the Messenger, get on the Messenger. It's really good, and then the new one is called Sea of Stars. And instead of being a two D side scrolling game, it is a uh, what's well, basically inspired by SNES era Japanese RPGs like Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. In fact, Chrono Trigger is definitely the biggest. Um, Influence for it, and um, it's a really beautifully animated and designed um, ode to those old JRPGs. So if you if you love JRPGs of the SNES era, go and check out Sea of Stars. It's available on PlayStation and Xbox, and is available on the. Game Pass or PS Plus things on each of those consoles. You can also get it on um Switch and you can get it on PC. It's available everywhere. It's really, really good, really well made. I've played twenty hours of it and uh, I'm nowhere near the end. So it's a it's a it's a good good game. And that is all of my culture catch up. There's a lot to get through, but it's episode one twenty. Yeah. Let's have a bumper time.
0: bumper time. Bumper time. Great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What have you got to add to the conversation?
0: So I watched a Barbie movie this summer.
1: hmm
0: Twice. Twice, once without you and once with you.
1: That's how all Um, all films should be. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) once without
0: you, once with you. Yes. Um. I. Uh. Well, you know, I don't need to talk about what Barbie movie is or who's got in in it. Uh. Just my opinion, really. Mm, What is your opinion? It's been talked about. I. I absolutely loved and adored this film. Mm. Uh. I. It's. I think it's so fun to watch and you can uh, it has created a lot of like conversations mm. which are either positive or negative or and in a way it's good that a film can do that that can like create different conversations depending on how you perceived it and I think everybody has perceived this film in different ways and whatever and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much I think whatever your path of life has been you have seen this film in a different light I think um. I cried I, in, in moments that I didn't think I was going to cry. I laughed. I thought it was amazing. The acting is incredible. The music is great. Uh, I, I thought it was amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> so George has just um, uh, presented to me uh, not all of Ryan Gosling, but Ryan Gosling's apps. <laughs> Thank you for that.
1: Look at his apps?
0: Hey, look at his, look at his
1: abs. Do you know, I read I read this week that he was... Do you, have you ever seen the movie The Lovely Bones?
0: Uh No, I had to read the book, though, for some reason. Yeah, the
1: book's rubbish.
0: Yeah, I did read the book, I think, in school.
1: Stupid bad book. I read the book, yeah. didn't like it, didn't watch the movie. Yeah. However, the dad in the movie was played by Mark Wahlberg,
0: oh. but originally
1: cast was Arman Ryan,
0: nice. who
1: was fired... Because he gained sixty pounds to play the dad, because he envisioned the dad as being like quite a big guy. Oh,
0: okay. And then when he
1: turned up to set and had put all this weight on, Peter Jackson, the director, that's not the look he wanted for the character. Ah, he was so, a sexy dad. Yeah, I guess. So he um he got fired. So he gained sixty pounds for a role unnecessarily, and then lost the job, which is would would have, must have been gutting.
0: Well, he, at least he's not in a bad film.
1: He put on a different level of effort for this movie. Yes. 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 And it paid off. Yes.
0: Yes. He is great in it. He's wonderful. Margot Robbie is amazing too. Everybody's great. It's it's a great film. It is
1: the first film ever directed by a female filmmaker to earn over a billion dollars at the Global Box Office. Yeah. It is Warner Brothers' highest grossing movie domestically ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Ever. Ever.
1: Making more money than Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two, the previous holder of the biggest Warner Bros movie. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty Warner Bros is a big film studio. They've made a lot of movies over the year. Barbie is now their most successful film on, on this on this metric at least. Um and it is it sits at eighty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes which is yep. high uh, it should be higher 80 it should be higher. again the audience score where you tend to see female centric movies female led movies tend to get uh, review bombed and do worse on Rotten Tomatoes now they have put mm. things in place to try and avoid that now and you know you you can find people online saying that it's a conspiracy etc but it's got 83% in the audience score which i think shows it, you know, it does have a big audience. There are people that are loving this movie. It's still on in cinemas. It's returning to cinemas to play on the IMAX because it couldn't play on IMAX screens when it first came out due to Oppenheimer using up all those screens. So it's returning to cinemas in September to be on the IMAX uh, along with some added footage, apparently, after the credits. Oh. Um, it has been a sensation. And, and And it has produced Ryan Gosling's first charting single, um yes. in I'm Just Ken, which is excellent. I'm
0: just Ken. Everywhere else I be a ten. Um
1: because he's he's Lovely. such a chameleon, Ryan Gosling. It's yeah, easy to he's forget that he was in La La Land. Like he's shown before yeah. that he can sing. Yeah. Um Yeah. He's
0: amazing. He's done he's his his like work is so varied and I love him in everything. Yeah.
1: And I feel bad because I it's easy to focus on his performance and forget that the the linchpin of the movie is Margot Robbie who puts in like an easily Oscar nominatable performance as Barbie. She's also amazing in the film and I want her because Ryan Gosling's been with us for a long time and he's made a lot of movies that I love and Mm -hmm. we are going to do a top five Ryan Gosling performances episode. Yes. And that will be fun. We're also Definitely. going to do top five Margot Robbie performances. Margot Robbie yes. is earlier in her career and has unfortunately made a couple of not wonderful choices mm. recently. And I'm glad that Barbie is kind of putting to bed because she was in Amsterdam. Yeah. She's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Um, and her performance in it, due I, due in my view to the director giving bad direction, her performance is mm. bizarre. And uh, Babylon, which she's really good in, but my God, that movie isn't good. <laughs> like, so bad. Yeah. Um, so Margot Robbie doesn't have, like, I want Margot Robbie to have, like, I watched uh, The Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe uh, the other mm-hmm. week, and it's so good, and Ryan Gosling is so amazing in it. Um and you know, Margot Robbie does have good films, and we'll talk about them uh, when we get when we get to the episode. But yeah, I really want her to go from this movie to have a you know many more interesting and successful roles in the future because she is a real talent.
0: Definitely. Yeah moving on. Uh, we watched together a film that was acclaimed and everybody loved and I we both didn't understand it, so maybe somebody that is listening could explain it to us. We watched a film called Triangle of Sadness.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, we're very excited to watch it. It's a film directed by Ruben Oslund, also written by him. Yeah. I've spoken about one of his films uh, before uh <laughs> Stop presenting Ryan Gosling and making me all, you know, distracted. Um, Sorry. I spoke about one of his films that I enjoyed, but you didn't enjoy The Square. Mm. Uh, and um, Triangular Sadness had, you know, lots of good reviews and he won a palm door. And, uh, but I don't know, what is it about? What is it about? It's, it's about-, about the
1: mega wealthy.
0: Yeah. Mega wealthy. is like, it starts really well. Yeah. It starts, I think, I thought the beginning was like promising. I thought it was really good how, you know, the modeling world. But then I think what, I think Rupert Ostlund just wants to make a point constantly Mm. and... (sighs) I didn't see that very much in the square, but I can see that he was, you know, trying to make a point between rich and poor. But in this one, it was like two hours and thirty minutes of him making a point about the super wealthy and how people don't care about the poor. Which, of course, it's reality. But I think he's just done overdrive in this film. Mm. I think it's just um the beginning is cool. There is um there's um this um uh, model who goes out with his influencer, uh, played by uh, Harris Dickinson and uh, Charby Dean, who unfortunately has passed mm-hmm. at a ten- young age of 32 after the film. And the beginning is quite interesting. It explores their relationship and, you know, the modeling world. But then they go on a boat. And I think that's when they go on the boat, everything just goes...
1: Well, that's the movie. Like you, sh- I feel like you should cut out that opening sequence set before the boat, because the movie's two and a half okay. hours long.
0: Yeah, you could cut that like that, but I think for me, that it was the most enjoyable part. Oh,
1: I would agree, but at the same <laughs> so time, that's, the just that's, like, that's up, not up. the movie he's made.
0: I know. So, like, the only good part is something that's completely detached from the movie, which is the beginning when they're not on the boat. Do you
1: know what it should be like? It should be like, you know, uh, when uh, Rez Anderson made uh, the Darjeeling Limited, Mm. he made that short film, I think it's called Hotel Chevalier, with Natalie Portman, that, like enhances the movie in some way yeah. but you but you watch it separately it's on the DVD yeah. or you know it's not yeah. part of the movie that opening bit of the Triangle of Sadness should be like that you should Definitely. you should go off and watch it elsewhere but the movie doesn't need yeah. it and like he would no. he would obviously argue that it does need it I'm sure and he has his reasons but like I just feel like by the time you get to the, the boat you know these two characters better because of that opening bit but then on the boat those two characters aren't really focused on no and the characters that are focused on there's too many of them. Too many. There are
0: too many characters on this really boat. Get,
1: you, all you can get a handle on is the point he's making about the super wealthy being super yeah. awful. And yeah, yeah, I get it. I agree. But yeah. It's
0: It's constant boring. for yeah. two and a half hours, and there, like you said, there are way too many characters on the boat. You don't, you don't really remember who is who. If it was like a super yacht with like some a certain mem a certain number of extra wealthy, I think. I would have understood more, and then there's a scene where they all get seasick, and it's just too much. It's like too long. We know they're sick. Why do we have to do half an hour seasickness? And then they go on the they go on on an island, uh, because I think pirates. I don't know. Pirates attack the ship. Pirates attack the ship. Some weapons they,
1: manufacturers get blown up by their own thing. Oh, the, yeah, ir- the irony!
0: Irony, and then they arrive at a. At a uh island and you know the 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 person who was serving them now becomes the leader and it's all very i don't know it's just a little bit cliche and too long and i i don't know how people love this film i don't understand i don't know i didn't i i think i think he just wants to show how much he cares about mm. things mm. in a very long and pointless way so i agree it's it's bad it's a bad film
1: i i wasn't a fan of it Um, no and i wasn't a fan of square so i feel like i'm a bit sort of i want to watch force Major because it looks Mm. of his of his three kind of big films it looks like the most like a film hopefully uh yeah but uh at the same time after these two films i don't
0: there's nothing really original about the concept of these films, is it? Not in my view. No. And so I feel like it's a bit, you know,
1: mm. yeah, it, I agree. it's his
0: name more than anything, uh. I think.
1: Well, that's okay.
0: Yeah. And um, next, uh, I'm, I'm carrying on my journey with Spike Lee movies, oh. slow journey. And I finally managed to watch uh, his 2018 film, Black clansman oh good it's based on a true story uh about ron stalworth uh which was an african-american police officer uh from colorado springs and he manages to infiltrate uh the local Klux Klan. yep um uh by phone of course by telephone mm-hmm. on the phone and uh he um he is the he's Ron Stolworth in on the phone, but Philip Zimmerman, played by Adam Driver, is uh, Ron Stolworth in um, when he meets them. Um, fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Uh, very incredibly done. They're a bit different from other the other films I've seen by him, but it's still got the kind of like tension and drama and comedy aspects of it which i i love and you know he, in his films there's usually those kind of like f- 3 to 5 minutes where you like gasp and you feel like you know terrible mm-hmm. and impotent and and he didn't do it until the end where he showed actual footage of um uh things happening um protests happening in 2017 with the black lives uh, matter movement and the last Five minutes of the film, well, three minutes of the film kind of really are, quite, are very tense and terrible. Um, but it kind of shows how something like the, the, the fight is still going on mm-hmm. in America for um, some sort of equality. Um, it's incredible. Uh, John David uh, Washington uh, plays Ron Starworth, is really good in it. Um he's Denzel's Washington's son. Uh Adam Driver plays Flip Zimmerman. He's uh really good in it. But he had an Did he get a nomination for this film? Adam Driver?
1: Uh like an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Um Yes.
0: But John David Washington didn't.
1: Uh, yeah, it looks like he didn't.
0: Yeah, which is fascinating because that year, like you uh, told me um, so in 2018 <laughs> the film that won the Oscars was the Green In 2019, the film that won the Oscar was the Green Book. Mm-hmm. And uh, Black's, Black Klansman is a much better film and you know it's amazing how that film won, and yeah, it's pretty, win. pretty,
1: pretty frustrating to to Spike Lee, particularly. I think Spike Lee, quite famous, he was very publicly not happy that Green Book won uh, Best yeah.
0: Film. Yeah, like I don't even know why Green, like Green Book, is an okay film, but you know, it's watchable, but it's not. First of all, not a Oscar worthy film. No. And not an Oscar winner film, especially if you have, like, even other films, like The Favourite, um, Our Star is Born, is was in this Roma, mm. Black Klansman. These films were all up for nomination, for, like, winning the Oscar, yep. but
1: Green Book won. Mm. Mm. Who can pass why that is, uh, but I'll agree that it's bad. Um. yes.
0: Um, but yeah, it's, it's a great film, uh, really well done and, uh, Spike Lee, uh, at his, uh, best, I think, I think it's really great yeah. film.
1: I mean, he's, yeah. yeah, he's one of the, he's one of the greats.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to carry on my little quest of watching all of Spike Lee's films. Mm. I'm going to go back a few years now and, uh, watch some more just takes me time um and then i watched a new film that came out on netflix uh you are not so invited to my bat mitzvah nice nice um i mainly watched it because i I thought it was interesting that adam sandler and his two daughters and his wife were all cast in this film yeah uh, which I thought was really sweet, and people, people are like, "Oh my God, this is like classic nepotism." Blah 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 blah. It's like he's an actor; he wants his like his daughters are in the film. What's the problem? Like, if you own a restaurant and your children work in the restaurant, is that nepotism? Like, it's just.
1: I mean, it is a little bit, but you know, it, it is. It but at the end of the
0: day, it happens, and uh, I want to just see if hopefully they were good in it because I really it'd be terrible. If you know you cast your daughters in your film and then they're rubbish. You know, like um who was it? Was it um Martin Scorsese? No. A Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola casting um Sophia Sophia Coppola Coppola in the in the Godfather, and she was terrible in it, apparently. Um she'd had a very bad death. Um but yeah, so it's just basically about uh, it's a coming of age film about uh, two best friends that are coming of age. They're going to do their bar mitzvah soon. Uh, but um, things start going wrong when um, they both like the same boy. And uh, unfortunately, the boy uh, likes uh, one of them, but not the other. Um, and, uh, you know. And lots of stuff happens. But um I thought it was good. I think I think it's a nice coming of age film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They shows how some type of bad mitzvahs are a little bit over the top. Uh you don't see much of Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is quite funny. You know, I, I like him in in bits. Idina uh, <laughs> um, Edina Menzel. Uh no, it was what what did um, what's his name caller? Oh, Adele uh, Dezim. Adele the Zim is great as as his wife um, plays his wife and um and his two daughters uh Sadie Sandler and Sonny, Sonny Sandler, are really good in it yeah uh yeah Sonny Sandler plays Stacy Friedman who is uh the the main character and uh i think i thought she, she was good in it she's just plays a 13 year old uh, about to do her bad mitzvah making mistakes as a 13 year old does um they're quite some like it's it's quite in a way realistic to feelings of 13 year olds mm. what 13 year olds really care about and i thought it was quite you know Kind of realistic in a way. Um, Sonny Sandler plays her sister, uh, Stacey Friedman, who's just a couple of years older than her, and she constantly argues with, uh, her father, Adam Sandler, and that's pretty funny. Those are really funny bits when they're like because they look the same, and so the the arguing between the children are quite um funny, and I it you know it's a it's a nice sweet uh simple a coming of age comedy, uh where, you know, things go wrong, but then at the end everything goes okay. So, you know, it's it's a it's a fun film. Yeah. Would you watch it?
1: Um I yeah, i probably give it a go at some point. I was thinking of watching it um before your review, so yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: I'm always interested to see when Adam Sandler's involved in something that's not absolutely terrible.
0: I, I, yeah, you know, with Adam Sandler, it's always hit and miss. But I, I do like him sometimes, and I like um, him
1: sometimes. Uncut Gems is a, is a masterpiece, and he's amazing in it.
0: Uncut Jams.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uncut Jams. <laughs> um, and yeah. you know, Fifty First Dates is a good film. Yes, the wedding that's singer's a good pretty film. good. Like I like yeah. him when he's good, but he just doesn't often choose to be.
0: Yeah. Good, I think
1: more often than not, he takes the the lazy route.
0: Mm, maybe. Maybe. But in this one it's is fun. He plays the role of the dad and he is the actual dad of the girls. And so it's um it's pretty fun. There was some real laugh out moments. Laugh Good. out loud moments.
1: That's exciting.
0: Um and then I finish Succession, the fourth season of Succession. I finished it. Oh wow. The fourth season is incredible. If you don't know what Succession is, it's just this TV show about horrible people that have a lot of money, mm. who own the media, and all they do is spend their billions or argue about their billions or argue about who it should be the next in line of the uh, me- uh, evil media empire throne of Roy, uh, uh, Logan Roy. um, It's... I I know you were watching the third series and it was a bit like you were... It was a bit, you know, slow. Mm. But I think it's worth watching the third series to then get to the fourth season where it's just like... So good. Okay. I am going to so finish good. it.
1: And then we can probably do a special on it.
0: Yes, yeah. absolutely. And um, by the end, you're just going to gasp. <laughs> it's a gaspy kind of end, which I enjoyed a lot because I it was... I don't know. It was just f- interesting to watch four seasons of these characters just developing, uh evol- evolving, devolving, whatever they do, <laughs> and uh arguing and um and just a, you know, having a season a series where you don't really care too much because at the end of the day, whatever happens, they're all still billionaires. Mm, mm. Yes. Um and yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good season series, I think it's uh, very good. Um, I watched all of the summer, I turned pretty, and I was sad at the end. This end saddened me. The second season really saddened me, but we'll talk about it when we do the special. Mm,
1: mm, we will. Mm,
0: yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a very a good uh, series. And you know, good for the summer. I'm glad they actually do it in the summer. And because of me watching lots of the Samurai 10 Pretty, uh, I, th- I want to change, you know, my my Taylor Swift uh, top five, I think might have changed. <gasps> no. After the last episode of season two, I've just been listening to folklore nonstop, like nonstop mm. every day. <laughs> oh. <And> <laughs> <laughs> terrible, eh? I
1: don't know, no, that's I've,
0: good. I've been in a bit of a rut, <laughs> a sad rut. <laughs> um, especially the song that is the last song that we know the last Taylor Swift song we hear in, in episode two in episode uh eight season two I was like uh I don't love that song so much mm, it's a good song yeah so I don't know we might have to do another top five you never know you no,
1: never well. know no. well th- folk, folk, folklore was always my number one so
0: I know, I know. Ah. Um, uh, and then last but not least, I read a book uh, which I uh, would recommend. Mm-hmm. A lot is uh, a book um called The Vegetarian by a Korean author called uh, named Han Kang. Uh, and um is about it's a story uh set in uh three different chapters uh, from three different uh, points of views about a woman that, after a horrific dream, uh, decides to become a vegetarian. And um, the title is The Vegetarian, but uh, the person that actually becomes the vegetarian has a very little say in all three chapters of the book. Um, it's who has the most say in each chapter of the book is uh the person who's talking about her so in the first chapter is uh her husband in her second the second chapter is her sister's husband and in the third chapter her sisters and already from here you can kind of sense that maybe uh becoming vegetarian is just a a a way to have a power of her own over her own body and not other people. Mm. But in this book, it seems that, uh, this uh, the main character doesn't really have any say. Um, well, yong Hee, which is the main character, has not really any say in what happens to her body, and it seems really simple because you know she just becomes vegetarian. But the entire book is kind of, um is about power relations and uh, making decisions about your own body and then what society what kind of decision society makes about you so it's a fascinating book which I loved and I'm really enjoying uh, Korean authors at the moment there's a lot there's like big um there's a big rise on like women talking and um, women authors talking about their experience in a fiction kind of form in Korea and it's really um Really incredible reading their stories. So I think this is a, it's not very long, but it's an incredible book to read that I would definitely recommend reading. Nice. Sounds uh, good. The Vegetarian. Yes. And that is it for my Kodja Ketchup.
1: Some good stuff on there. Yeah. It's been a big summer.
0: Yes. Uh, this summer I turned pretty. Yeah,
1: man. We all turned pretty.
0: Yeah. We all went very brown <laughs> I or not. red in Sicily. <laughs>
1: I kept myself well oiled or well creamed (laughs) and uh
0: Yeah yeah
1: survived. Should we go and bloomin' well do some my tube? Absolutely. Okay. You said you had something to share.
0: Yes, but I don't know if you've seen it already. What is it? Uh, it's called it's a film uh called Foe. Foe? Yeah, with Saoirse Ronan. And uh um, I keep thinking about Pedro Pascal, but it's uh something Mescal. Uh Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal. Yeah.
1: No, I haven't seen the trailer for this. Oh, you haven't seen it. Okay, no. I'm going to put it on then. Okay.
0: Uh, so it will remind you of something that we have watched recently. Okay. And I thought it was fascinating that this film is coming out now that we watched something similar. But you tell me what you think it is. I will official trailer. Okay.
1: So this is a movie about a sort of Vietnamese soup dish with noodles. Yeah.
0: Uh, spelled wrongly, uh, differently, though, is F-O-E. Oh, well, that's
1: about, like, an enemy.
0: Yeah.
1: Interesting. Han? Respecting anyone? I need to have an intimate understanding of your marriage, the good and the bad. I
0: promise it's confidential. It's between you and me. Do you feel happy here? Of course I'm happy here. Aren't you? Do you feel you know how she would react in every situation?
1: I've always had this fantasy that there's something
0: else out there for me. It? Do you want to live? What year is it? Lives, oh, or do
1: you want to be part of something special?
0: 2065.
1: You've been selected to live up there. Okay, well, You're wasting your time because we haven't even been on an airplane. And she dated. I should, I should clarify. I'm talking about
0: you here, Junior.
1: Only you. (gasps) Oh my god. We're going to ensure him has company while you're away. I like how everyone's called a visionary filmmaker.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's visionary. We're going to replace God, you. One, one, a robot living with my wife. Do you really want uh, to leave her here all alone day after day?
1: He doesn't really see me anymore. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this.
0: Junior! I encourage you to use this opportunity to act on your instincts.
1: Oh, my God, she slapped him. Whatever we decide, we'll be together. So we're living in some kind of future. The Earth is dying, potentially. A lot of humanity has moved up into the stars, and Paul Mescal is being given an opportunity to go and live on the space station, but not his wife.
0: Mm-hmm. We don't
1: know why. His wife played by Saoirse Ronan. I'm not, leaving. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not leaving Saoirse Ronan. I live on a dying Earth with Saoirse Ronan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes.
1: Um, and they're offering to replace him with a robot. It would appear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's the same as the plot of Beyond the Moon, the episode of Beyond yeah. the Moon that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the difference being that he's not going off on his own into space with one other man. He's going to go and live. Yeah. In, just in a new society in space. Uh, looks. Looks intense. Mm-hmm. Looks like a lot. You've got some yeah. very good actors in there. I don't know. Is it Pierre? Owen was the name of the. There's a guy that I I don't think I've seen in anything else. But Paul Mescal mm. is in one of my favorite movies of all time. I love him, obviously. And Saoirse Ronan is 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 wonderful in everything she's ever been in. So yeah, that looks pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. watch that. I can't I haven't heard of it before.
0: I just I just it just appeared on YouTube mm. and it's like Paul Mescal Saoirse Ronan. Yes, me.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh with a like a little soft sci-fi twist to it.
0: Yes. Good stuff. Which you don't expect at the beginning, but No, not at all. Is the robot gonna be like a total replica of like a like a replica of Paul Mesco? I don't know, or... maybe it's
1: just like C3PO. <laughs> it's just like a big tin man being like, Hello. I'm your new husband.
0: <laughs> Hi. Yes.
1: Um right, okay. That's cool. That's something. Yes. Um can I show you a trailer?
0: Of course, please do good stop bloody
1: there we go um okay so this you can tell me what this is
0: okay the killer the killer official teaser trailer have you seen this have you heard of this nope okay
1: you ready to watch it
0: yes okay we're in a room and somebody's doing yoga
1: yeah Who's that? Is he? Do you recognize? Oh, him?
0: that's the guy. I know who he is. What's his name? Fassbender. Fassb- Michael Fassbender. Michael
1: Fassbender.
0: He is a. Oh, he's a Sicario. No, a killer. <laughs> a kill- What's it called? An assassin. A killer. An assassin. Stick to your plan. Trust Stick no, no one. one. Wow, he looks old now. What happened?
1: Well, he's older. Yes. And I think he's, I don't know, he's very um, gaunt looking. Skinny and yeah, uh,
0: dry. What did you say, dry? and It's not dry. I get what you
1: mean, though. I think he's yeah. lost weight for the role, maybe.
0: Mm. So, but... Stick to your plan. Never do you think assassins really exist?
1: Uh, not like this.
0: No. no. Uh,
1: but there were probably, there were people in the world that you can pay to go and, you know do a job for you
0: Mm. oh there is also tilda swinton in it simple i have no interest in watching this film (laughs) (laughs) because i don't care what just another assassin movie it's just what you're kidding people well done
1: good job it's not just another assassin movie because it's, di- it's first of all, it's written by the man who wrote the film Seven. Ah, okay. Uh, it's based on a French graphic novel, and it's mm-hmm. directed, it f- it flashes up too quickly on that trailer, I think you missed it, it's directed by David Fincher.
0: Oh, I didn't see that.
1: Mm. So this is a David Fincher movie, re-teaming him with the director of Seven, um, about an assassin who's, I think, losing his mind and uh, goes on a, a quest to uh, kill his bosses, apparently.
0: See, I didn't get any of that from the trailer. No, because that, that's
1: a teaser trailer. That's just giving you a mood. It's just and him tone. killing
0: people. It's like, I don't care. Maybe I will care.
1: Well, I think you should care. David Fincher is always reason to care, I think.
0: Okay, mm. I will care then. I do care.
1: <laughs> it's coming to Netflix <laughs> soon. Um, okay, what's next? Ah, okay. Another uh, Netflix are bringing out a lot of movies. Here's one that maybe you won't care about, or maybe you will. Maybe you'll be blown away. Have you seen the blown trailer away. for Rebel Moon? No. Do you know what Rebel Moon is?
0: Absolutely I'm not. I'm going
1: to leave the trailer to explain itself to you then.
0: <laughs> will I understand? Ah, you might Probably
1: do. Not. uh you, so you so foe looked like um, Beyond the Sea, the black Mirror. Yeah. You you tell me what you think this looks similar to. Um, okay. It's not quite as recent as uh, Beyond the Sea, but it is something you'll you'll know. Are you ready?
0: Yes. Okay, Netflix. We're in a field really? of grass. Ugh! Oh. Ugh! <laughs> oh, this is it. Uh, Do you know Issa. the story of the Princess Issa?
1: Very big, Dune. grand, epic. It is It is quite Dune. Yeah. Dune. But there's definitely something even more that it's riff- riffing on.
0: Okay. That she was to usher in a new age of peace and compassion. I was given memories of a world I will never see. What's
1: going on? What is all of this about? Lots of big imagery. I don't know stuff imagery. is happening.
0: Yeah, lots of burning and uh stuff I could not save.
1: Big hammer. Big Saturnals. <laughs> what
0: do you think they want? She wants everything. She wants to save the world. Oh, is it going to be like Star Wars that she has to Ooh. save? Uh, it might be she, like
1: Star Wars.
0: She has to save humanity, and she's the chosen one.
1: Let, let me know if you spot any lightsabers in this trailer. Oh,
0: oh yes, I've just spotted a <laughs> lightsaber. Well done. It's a bit like Nazi Germany as well. That's does look like the SS. Well, that's
1: the Empire from Star Wars, really, isn't
0: yes. it? Yes. There was some... This yeah. Hold on. I don't want no trouble. We're
1: not here to bring any... Oh?
0: Yeah. Oh, s- 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 Snack either.
1: Zack Snyder's back!
0: <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not interested. Oh, wow, there's a phoenix. No.
1: bit Harry Potter oh. here with riding Harry the big Cotter. thing. Harry Potter
0: yes no after that name I'm a I'm done a man, and a man can but a myth is indestructible there's a little bit too much here isn't there there's like droids and then there is magical stuff there's like is sci-fi and oh, um, fantasy they No.
1: What, are you ready? Wait for it. Wait for the big reveal.
0: Even the trailer's too long. I've had enough already.
1: You think the trailer's the too th- long?
0: Three minutes and forty-two one seconds of trailer. To die for what? You believe. What, what, I, what am I supposed to watch? You'll see. Part one: A Child of Fire. Part two: The Scar. Two movies. Star-giver.
1: He's made two movies. He announced they announced he was making Rebel Moon ages ago, and now we've got the trailer for Rebel Moon. And he's made two movies, both movies two hours long, for a total of a four hour long film. And he's already announced Alec should be happy to hear this. He's done a director's cut.
0: This guy just doesn't just just wants to like is just too much.
1: Well, you say too. He just much. likes
0: himself too much.
1: I say, bring it on bringing on Zack Snyder tell me the last time
0: that you like enjoyed a uh, uh, Zack Snyder film his
1: remake of Dawn of the Dead which incidentally is his first film
0: okay and then
1: it's very good Uh, and then uh, he did 300 which I liked at the time but I don't think holds up very much and then nothing else but uh, I'll watch it because he made it okay and it's going to be on Netflix so it's free yeah um no it looks bad
0: it looks really bad
1: bad and unoriginal but it's going to be a big deal everyone's gonna be talking about it and who knows I maybe it'll so. maybe it'll end up being a, a, a massive huge thing and a new star wars that he can be in charge of uh, as they won't let him make batman movies anymore
0: thank god <laughs> yeah. well doesn't really matter it rubbish anyway uh what <laughs> nothing
1: you like the batman
0: Oh no, the Batman. Sorry, I was thinking about Superman. Oh no, yeah, Superman. That That's fine.
1: Um, yeah, so uh, Rebel Moon. Uh, there's going to be a five-hour director's cut of that film at some point in the future. Mm. So, and I'm sure it'll be in black and white and square and all of all of the stuff that he loves to do when he gets his his way. Uh, I've, but it's not. We're not done yet. There's a there's a there's a trailer here that I want to show you that I haven't seen, but is is interesting to watch because it's the trailer for the new movie from Emerald Fennell, director of Promising Young Woman. Oh! Uh, her new movie is Saltburn, and I don't know much about it, but I know there's a trailer out. Uh, also yes, seen as Midge in This Summer's Barbie. So let's check out Saltburn. Yes, you ready? Saltburn. It's official Saltburn. teaser trailer. All I know about this is that it features Barry Keegan, who's a great actor. And mm-hmm. Jacob Elordi, who is uh, good in, what's that show? Euphoria. So hopefully be beginner's. Okay, uh, Saltburn.
0: Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh nice. Thank you. Wow. It's a rental, right? Yeah. Yeah. High class, probably uh, college or something, um, it looks like. I
1: think Oxford.
0: Going, Oxford. Okay. You think you'll go home? I don't hit this guy, but I don't know who he is. Barry Keegan. Yes, you Barry Keegan. Jacob Elordi. Well, oh. Supper. So, Jacob Elordi doing an English accent. Mm. Interesting. But I think for Australia, maybe it's easier.
1: Maybe. I see why
0: Felix likes you so much. You're so, so, they're in a big, like regent like statey state state home Regent's home like a big English. Mm. Oh, Rosamund MCS Pike. Yeah,
1: I don't know why. because you're a terrible Amazing. person. Amazing.
0: So they're very rich. Something sex is going to happen between home. them. I think. I think. I don't know.
1: This Will it? Not again. You.
0: Something sex is going to happen between I them.
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't really know.
0: Anything yes. else that I should know about? No, no just be yourself. They'll love you. It, it's relaxed, I promise. Yes, this is definitely my film. <laughs> I think it looks good.
1: Yeah, 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 this does look good. I
0: like, I like the, the way that she does things. It's a bit like kind of um, maybe it, it, the colours that she uses and the, the kind of the camera angles. She makes it a little, look a little bit unreal. Definitely. Like, yeah so yeah definitely uh
1: yeah that looks really cool uh like uh you know like another sort of rich versus poor story a little bit maybe but um i trust emerald yeah. fennel to put a better spin on it than, than yes. ruben ostland did uh i have one more trailer to show you
0: yes please big.
1: uh i don't think you'll have seen this trailer before
0: Okay. Oh, The Exorcist. Yeah. Believer. Yeah.
1: The new singing
0: Justin Bieber.
1: Exactly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh the the latest um reboot of a horror franchise from the people that did Halloween. Uh, mm. And that started well and ended badly. They've taken on uh, a much more difficult thing to do. The Exorcist.
0: Why? <laughs> Let's
1: see if this trailer is capable of chilling your bones.
0: Okay. So, we're in a school. Mm-hmm. And he is... Who is he? Where has I seen him He's before? He's Leslie the Odom
1: Dad. Jr. He was in He's Hamilton. Was but I yes. think you've seen him in something else more recently. I can't yes. What? We
0: okay.
1: Girls have gone missing so, in the woods.
0: Some kids? Or one kid? Two kids. Three kids gone hey, missing hey, in the woods. No, two kids.
1: Two kids? You're yep. you were
0: just walking and walking. It's Oh! Jeez! Oh. So. Baby, you've been gone three days. Okay, so. Perception of time has gone. They've come back, they have lots of cuts, and their word.
1: Their words, their proper words. they v- Ah!
0: Why was <laughs> that <laughs> so spooky? She just appeared!
1: That's the scariest thing a girl could do.
0: I know! Hell. Oh! So, these kids are possessed, I guess. And, oh, and we have a church. Na- church is bad.
1: Not good for Satan.
0: No. So, this. Oh no. The body in the blood! Ugh, I don't like the it! Catherine. The body the blood. The body the blood. Have you ever seen anything like this? Oh, me? No, but there are people out there who have. I don't like it, George. Why do you always have to show me these things? This you is. You know I live in the woods. Is <laughs> woods.
1: Yes, more than life. I think the woods uh, are safe. <laughs>
0: Oh, why do these kids keep moving like that? So is that is she, is that the girl, woman that got exercised in the first exercise? That's
1: the mother of the character that got exercised in the original, but it's the same actress. Uh, yeah, Ellen Burstyn. She plays the mum in the original Exorcist.
0: What happened to the kid? Is she not? Uh, was she not exercised? The
1: kid was exercised and survived. So no. who knows whether there's going to be an appearance? but...
0: No. Oh. Must be quite hard for two young girls or young actors to do something like this.
1: Yeah. They look like they are.
0: (laughs) Do you think it's going to be good? No.
1: (laughs) No, I do not think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be silly. Um, I think I'll, I'll watch it. Are you gonna?
0: Um, are you gonna watch
1: it? I will a hundred percent watch it because it's an Exorcist movie. I mean, yeah. come on! But um, I don't think it's gonna be good. I don't see how it can be good. You haven't seen the original Exorcist film. No. That movie and is. I'm not, I'm not gonna. <laughs> that movie is a masterpiece. Um, like good. truly a masterpiece of cinema. It's not just a horror film. It goes beyond that. In like, I mean, I sh- that's not the right way to describe it because horror movies are like really legitimate forms of cinema. But The Exorcist is so incredibly good, and um, you can't repeat it. Like, they've tried, there have been many sequels to The Exorcist, and none of them are any good. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. The Exorcist 3 is freaking brilliant, but it's a very different movie. Um, I, yeah, it's not going to be good, but I'm really excited that it, it, that it is happening and I'm excited to go and see it, but no, I, mm. I, don't, I don't have a lot of high hopes for it. Um, that's all the film trailers I wanted to show you. We can move into quizzing it old school, but quizzing also... in it old
0: school! Have
1: you seen the new Miley Cyrus music video? Yes. Good. It's good, right? L- loved it. Loved it. We don't need to it watch just, it.
0: it. No, it's just, it's just a song that all of us, you know, it's just about <laughs> all of us, you know. Is, we were a, young, we did some stupid shit, you know. It
1: is about all of us. Okay. <laughs> Quizzin' it old school. Quizzin' it old school. Quizzing it old school. Quizzing it
0: old school. Quizzing it old school. Quizz it old school. Okay.
1: Here's the here's the idea I've had. We alternate. Yeah. We do a quiz we do a quiz for each other every culture catch-up episode. So I'm starting, yeah. I've done a quiz for you. And we pick a topic that we think is one of the other person's specialist topics, but they don't know what the topic is until the quiz okay okay so okay. i think a specialist topic for you is is taylor swift so <laughs> no, I, it's not so i've written yes it is i've written 10 questions for you
0: oh my god So it's 10 I'm questions bit, and we're
1: going to see who has the highest score each time 10 questions on taylor swift are you ready
0: uh i i, I don't know like <laughs> i listen to it I, okay i'm scared I don't think I know much about it. No, I
1: think so. It's a mixture. Some of them are quite tough. Okay. Some of them are quite easy. Okay. Okay. So don't you will get you'll get points. You'll get a good endorphin hit from from getting some points. Don't worry about it. Okay. Question one.
0: Yeah.
1: Which Taylor Swift album contains the song, The One?
0: Uh. Folklore.
1: Folklore is correct. Well done.
0: I'm just really nervous.
1: <laughs> okay. Question number two. Which Taylor Swift album contains the song The Last Time?
0: Can you sing it for me?
1: Uh no. <laughs> I'll give you do you want you can get I'll I'll give you a hint, but it Okay. Okay. It features uh it's a it features guest vocals. From um, Gary
0: Lightbody. Oh, I don't know. Gary Lightbody from Snow Patrol. Oh, oh. Would it be Speak Now? No. It's Red. Red. Oh, what?
1: I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. God. That's okay. Yes. There's time to recover. No. Right. Can you name this song from the lyrics? Question three, name the song from the lyrics. Ah,
0: oh, I'm never going to get this. You are.
1: What's it like to brag about raking in dollars and getting bitches and models? And it's all good if you're bad. Oh, and it's okay man. if you're mad. If I was out the flashing man. my dollars, I'd be a bitch, not a baller. They'd paint me out to be bad, so it's okay yes. that I'm mad. The man is correct. Well done. Ah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Question four, name the song from these lyrics. I don't like your kingdom keys. They once belonged to me. You asked me for a place to sleep, locked me out and for a feast. What? The world moves on. Another day, another drama, drama. But not for me, not for me. All I think about is karma. And then the world moves on, but one thing's for sure. Maybe I got mine, but you'll all get yours.
0: Is it um, Look What You Made Me Do? It is
1: Look What You Made Me Do. Correct. Here we go. Yes. Okay. Question five. Name the song from the lyrics. Baby love, I think I've been a little too kind. Didn't notice you walking all over my peace of mind. In the shoes I gave you as a present, I but in someone it. first only works when you're in the top five. And by the way, I'm going out tonight.
0: Bejeweled! Bejeweled is correct. Best you a bejeweled when I walk in the room. Sorry. <laughs>
1: okay, question six. You're doing well. You've only got one wrong so far. We're halfway through. Are you ready for question six? Yeah. Okay. On Taylor's version of Better Than Revenge, she updated the following lyrics. She's not a saint and she's not what you think. She's an actress, whoa, but she's better known for the things that she does on the mattress, whoa. What did she change the lyrics to?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're not even going to try? <laughs>
1: no. Oh, no. Uh, the answer is, she's not a saint and she's not what you think. She's an actress, whoa. He was a muff to the flame. She was holding the matches.
0: Yes. Yeah, you told me last time, yeah.
1: Okay. Question seven. think you'll get this you can you can get this what is taylor's lucky number 13 13 correct you told me well done okay question eight 1989 is the next album slated to be getting the taylor's version treatment what Mm. albums have already been re-released as taylor's versions and in what order were they released no yes
0: no you can do this so the last one that was released was speak now okay So that's. And then, were there three that were released? Okay, three. Red is the second one that was released.
1: Okay, so what was the first one? I
0: can't, I can't think. I can't think. think of... I, I, am I right with Red is the second one and Speak Now is the third yeah, one? Yeah, but you need released? the
1: first one for the point. I will give you a clue Taylor's. if you want a clue. Yeah, yeah. It is one of her early ones. Taylor Swift. <laughs> no. I don't know. Uh, it's fearless.
0: Fearless. What the? Okay. Sorry. Just. All right. Half a point for this. I got two right though. Mm. Give me half a point.
1: Okay. If 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 okay. Google Sheets allows for half a point, you can get half a point for that one because you did get two. Of them. Okay. Question
0: nine. Okay.
1: Ready? No. Well, I'm giving you the question. How many different Taylor Swift songs have been featured in episodes of The Summer I Turned Pretty across seasons one and two?
0: Oh, no. So I know there are nine songs in season two. Okay. But in season one... Thirteen.
1: Yes, correct. Well done. How did you get it?
0: Well, I know there were like nine in season two because I, I read it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, Taylor's lucky number is 13. So I guess there it's 13.
1: There's actually five in season one, which would make 14, except yeah. one is a repeated in season two. So, Which is? This love.
0: Ah, uh, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. Because it's what, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, and there are two songs that are featured in trailers for the season, but not in yeah, which the is series.
0: Salt Air August. Mm. Yeah. Okay,
1: you're doing <laughs> yes. you're doing really well. We're on question ten, and so far you have got one six and a four,
0: half points.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Question ten. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift memorably made a brief cameo appearance in a season two episode of New Girl called Elaine's Big Day. What was her character's
0: name? Rebecca. No, the answer's Elaine. Oh shit!
1: <laughs> the episode's named after her.
0: Oh my god! I don't remember that episode.
1: So it's her. It's it's Cece's wedding, but in the yeah. end, the wedding doesn't happen, and the groom runs away with Taylor <gasps> Swift, yes, played I by remember. Elaine. So it's not Cece's oh. big day; it's Elaine's oh, big day.
0: I'm rubbish. No, you're not rubbish. So I remember that episode now.
1: You've got one, two
0: either six or six and a three, half
1: depends on four, five, six, six and a half six and a half points okay <laughs> because you didn't score over eight now you have to watch the trailer for sort x
0: no <laughs> I don't want to <laughs>
1: um okay, so you now need to pick a specialist topic for me, yeah, and um make 10 questions and we can see okay. next week if i can beat
0: 6.5
1: okay mm. um and that brings us to the end of a bumper packed mm. culture catch-up uh to celebrate yeah. our 120th episode i hope Woo-hoo. yeah man i hope you've all enjoyed being with us um it just leaves for us to make some recommendations of pe- what people should go and see. Now, it's, it was a big culture catch-up this week, um, mm. so it was tough to do, but I've picked out two things that I think are big recommendations that people should go and see, and they are Talk To Me, the horror film, yeah, and um, Silo, the Apple series. Okay, uh, both cool. Excellent. Um, what would you recommend people check out?
0: Well, get ready for uh, our next special episode on The Summer I Pretty, okay. the one after the bear. So watch The Summer I Turned Pretty and uh, The Vegetarian book by Han Kang.
1: Okay, there we go. So The Summer I Turned Pretty and The Vegetarian. And it just leaves for me to say, uh, please do go and rate and review us, tell all your friends about us, get people listening, and uh, we will excitedly see you next time for our episode on Season 2 of The Bear
0: yes yes
1: mate okay you ready
0: yes all right thank you, you. Well we have to-, <laughs> have to say
1: goodbye I mean <laughs> yeah. thank you love <laughs> thank you, you. <laughs> see you again bye 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 bye, bye.